0: i is, Lloyd, is not that guy. When you call yourself Jay-Z and you call somebody else Ja Rule, that's shame. Thank you, David.
1: I, my friends text me pictures of Ja
0: Rule. Now y'all got people texting Giving it, it up! Just giving it up! GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.
2: You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Catengel. Local sports, national sports. The G Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Catengel.
3: 800-998-1003, it is hour number two. The Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline is the sports hangover. Just Cat and Gill here with you as well. Pelicans, they were in Miami yesterday. And, uh, much like a lot of the games they've had in this four game losing streak, they were unable to hold on to a third quarter lead. They wind up losing 100 to 96 in that game. We'll hear from head coach Willie Green in this segment as well. Uh, the NFL Championship games are set. AOC and NFC as the Chiefs beat the Jags twenty seven twenty. Eagles I mean looked impressive. Thirty-eight to seven over the Giants. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, man. Those Bengals, they they, they had that game from the get go, huh? Twenty seven to ten. And then Dallas, they lose through the 49ers, 19-12. to We'll get reaction. You'll hear some sound from some players here as well. We've been talking about our question of the day, which happens to be with what Albert Breer wrote this morning for Monday Morning Quarterback. I don't know if you paid attention or saw over the weekend that one of the things that actually kind of got the Bengals and Joe Burrow going was the fact that the NFL was bragging that they had sold 50,000 tickets for a possible Bills Chiefs championship game it would have been held in Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Well after the game you heard Joe Burrow say on the field in the post game interview I guess they better send those refunds. But that was a circumstance because of what happened with Hamlin. So the thing is Albert Breer writes this morning the NFL is actually looking into it And they're going to probably discuss it. And it's about the NFL having a, quote, chance to evaluate potential Super Bowl sites and reward teams with Super Bowl quality stadiums in terms of permanently moving to neutral site conference title games. In other words, you would have watched Garrett Hartley kick the ball through the uprights at Hard Rock Stadium. The bank, Pittsburgh, Heinz for whatever it is now. I mean, I just, I, I just think it's disrespectful to fans. That's my take. The professor says he understands it, and he sees it, he's all for it. Patrick, how do you feel about this, sir? Oh,
4: no, it's horrible. And the NFL is is losing credibility every day. All, all, all they care about, it's been like that for a long time. Is it, is making money their business. It's fine but they were also a nonprofit for a long time. Um, Man, it's horrible that they would even consider doing that. They they, they need to worry about so many other things with the officiating and with gambling, um, you know, and and how that's affecting the credibility of their shield. But um, yeah, that's horrible. But I, I, I have a couple of things that I wanted to bring up. Um, I brought my son to the last Saints game, and in, we we sat up top. We, we we got you know pretty good seats for for nothing, and um, I, I have no idea that that's still a state-owned facility, correct, Doug? Uh? yep. Okay. Okay. Um, I used to work at a federal facility, and I know they they need a reasonable accommodations. The Saints, the seats. You, you really can't fit in. I don't know when the, the, the last time you sat in a terrace, but you really can't fit in two seats. Um, so it, it, it's all about making money and packing people on top of each other and for them to move a, a championship game uh, or, or try to to uh, make more corporate money.
3: Right.
4: I think the end of the NFL will be here soon. But I have a question um, The uh, with Sean Pate my question is, he, he went on uh, a show last week, uh, mm-hmm. he's co-hosting, and, and he was dictating the terms yep. of... the Colin Coward show. He, what, yep. Right. And and you spoke with somebody else last week, and they had asked, Just, does he have a right to do that? Which is really curious, because he's still, he's retired, but he's still under contract with the Saints, which means that he should still be an employee of the Saints, mm-hmm. which... If, if, if I were the GM and he was out there dictating the terms of you know what the Saints are trying to be compensated for, for, them, for him leaving them in the lurch, I'd be pretty damn upset. And I have no idea how or why he would be involved in the negotiation process just to even hire him because he's really still the Saints employee. Is that no, – am I thinking you, about this you,
2: wrong?
4: Or? No. Look,
3: I I think we've never seen that before. I mean, he was negotiating in plain sight. I mean, if you he listen said, to I, what look, he's I, saying, I, he I, set the terms, he set the bar, he set the expectation look, level. Look, and then at the very end, at go. a two-minute and 14-second mark, I I wouldn't call it a veil threat, but he was like, you know what, look, next year will be different. And I remember asking several people that day and that week last week about well, what, what do you think he means by that? He's like, well, maybe the shine won't be, you know, um, it won't be so shiny a candidate. will be different candidates and things of that nature. So look, I, um, I've never seen that before. Normally you don't have that from the setup interview with Peter Schrager of him asking, Hey, um, are you talking to teams? That 21st, a couple of Sundays ago on Fox said that he had had a conversation with the Broncos owner, but then on Coward. For him to, you know, say the compensation will likely be this. He said he talked to Mickey already. He said he's talking and he lined up his week. So, yeah, I like like I said, I mean, he he's not dumb, dude. He's not dumb.
4: No, no, oh no, no. no look, <laughs> in, 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 God, I'll, I'll just tell you, in, in in one of my lives, I was a, I was in I was an agent in the music industry. Okay,
1: you know,
4: for a million dollar contract. So I kind of have an idea of that, and, and I know that that was totally inappropriate. And and Mickey Loomis, if he's that tight with Sean, he really needs to, somebody needs to go to his office and tell him that you aren't impartial here. We need somebody who can actually negotiate on the best interest, for the best interest of, of the New Orleans Saints. But they don't seem to do that over there. Well, but in, in, in this story, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, in I the, the I, I think
3: when you go back to the way Mickey's answered his yeah. thoughts on the relationship and him not answering it, I I don't think it's as tight or close as it was. I again, I'm speculating. I I've 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 had some some things told to me that maybe back it up a bit. You know, I could be reading it. I I'm just saying, I can't imagine the way that Dolphins thing went down helped. Because I could reasonably deduce hey Mickey Miami wants to talk to me. No we're good. I I mean I no, Right. No problem. And then you find out a couple months later they did meet to the point that the NFL fined and suspended the owner for some of the season. But like yes. that this wasn't just yeah. a slap on a wrist. No. A memo. They legitimately fined him. And suspended him as an owner of an NFL franchise. They don't do anything to one of their own. So they took that pretty serious. And I got to imagine on airline, that didn't go over very well. And then out of the blue, I'm retiring. You know, I'm just saying, like, you wonder if it's like, all right, fine. Then I'm going to get I'm going to do it my way. And I, just, well, I just, I'm just telling you how that organ, if they're keeping Pete Carmichael
4: out of loyalty, well, look, well, I'm well,
3: telling you it bothered them the way Sean Payton got out of here.
4: Well look, if, if, if he does take a position somewhere, you, you would have to imagine Pete, Pete Carmichael can hold the headset. But, and he won't be with the Saints. But, you know, in, in saying that, you know, you, you, Sean, not that this has anything to do with what I'm saying next, but but Sean Payton, the NFL told him how many times to stop with bounty, uh, 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 stop that, to, you, yeah. you know playing around and you know playing bounty poker. Larry and, and I brought and, that
3: up several yeah. times during the investigation.
4: That's his that's his mo. He and was look, told
3: several times. It wasn't one time or no times. No. Um, so that's the truth. whether fans it, want to it, believe
4: it or not. And, I don't get I don't get his logic. Yeah, because if it was look, that was set up on uh, it's his name's Collard, right? That was mm-hmm. set up on that show because any any reporter would come back mm-hmm. and say, What well, you don't think you you you're worth, you know, a number three overall draft pick? Sean. That well, was all set up.
3: Look, remember He's and I've said the- this in the past, right? He's a weekly guest on Mondays, which is why the times right. that Colin would say if I'm the Chargers, I, I call Sean. I look, everything's been orchestrated perfectly, and the right way to do it. And look, man, I would love to be in a oh. position in life to dictate my career. Right, right now, right. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping advertisers would like to advertise. I'm hoping those checks clear. I'm hoping you listen. I'm hoping. I mean, like, I, I'm beholden to a lot of different things I don't control. And if there was right. ever a situation that I could control. My future, whether it's wealth, whether it's destination, quality of living, a man, I, I'd love that, you know, and he's doing it the right way. I mean, he legitimately is. What I mean by that is, it's on his terms. You know, we, it might rub some people the wrong way, and it is very unique, because I've never seen it happen, but, you know, cause to the point that some people and some fan bases uh, I see on Twitter, you know, like, this guy's only won one Super Bowl. Like, why is everybody fawning over him? And I'm like, hey, like I said, his agent's done a great sure. job. He's booked them on K. Adams. He's booked them on Coward. He's on every week. Every single week, Sean Payton is able to tell you how he would have done it differently, how he would have done it better, and right. that he's the right guy for every team. I mean, that's essentially what he gets a chance to do every week. It's It's a brilliant thing for them to do. Knowing he was going to come back to coaching a year later. I mean, that's my guess.
4: Right, and uh, ho- hopefully, you, you know, we'll see what, what the Saints get. But I know that if if I if I were the GM, I would I would hold out for everything I could possibly get. So we'll see. And if look, and if I were the owner, if Mickey Loomis didn't negotiate a really good deal, he'd be fired immediately. Mm-hmm. Hey, have a
3: good day. Hey, man, appreciate it. Thank you for the phone call.
4: Thank that you. That is Patrick.
3: Quick break. We come back. Rafael Esparza next on ESPN. Sports.
2: Wow. It's that time of year again at Craig LeBlanc Toyota and Homa great deals like never before
1: never before shop now for a huge selection of new toyotas in stock and
2: more
3: arriving daily great dealer discounts on all the new and pre owned toyotas in stock get two years free maintenance too just click and save at greg but you've got to hurry to take advantage of these great prices greg's got the deals as your low price leader greg leblanc toyota 220 south hollywood road in homa
1: dialing 800 285 2521. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-285-2521. 800-285-2521. 800-285-2521. Camp Lejeune Justice is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention Marines, military, contractors, and family members stationed at Camp Lejeune for 30 days or longer between August 1953 and December of 1987. For 34 years, those at Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries. Passage of the Camp Lejeune june justice act of 2022 would allow victims to seek compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water
0: for a free consultation call 800-210-0859 that's 800-210-0859
2: i'm joe don rooney from rascal flats and i absolutely love being a part of this band it's an honor and really a lot of fun sometimes though you can feel the pressure to perform night after
4: night it can get stressful thankfully i know my bandmates will look out for me and i'll look out for them when you see a friend feeling the effects of stress, let them
1: know you're there for them. Sometimes that's all they need. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
3: How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back
2: to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau.
3: Rafael Esparza. At the Doc Sports is the way to follow over on Twitter. Always a pleasure, sir. When you join us on the show, how are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? Well, I mean, so Friday I got reminded of you know the play, the call, the no call, and then here I am yesterday, trying to watch a playoff game, and there he is, Mister Bill Venovich referee. And I'm just gonna look. I'm not. I'm not insinuate. I'm not saying nothing. But Nick Underhill, New Orleans dot football. If you follow him, I would say he's as tied in to any reporter locally in the NFL, very level-headed. His last tweet yesterday was, amazing how many penalties Bill Venevich has seen today. Do you think it's a – like, when you watch those games this past weekend, I didn't feel, though, like most, if any, of those games were officiated poorly, huh? Except maybe that one.
2: I don't think any of the games really were officially poor. I mean, nothing – a referee did not cause a game in any of those four games uh yesterday so i i don't look at it that way i mean even another horrible call that we're all talking about i mean the saints had other reasons to pull that game away so that call didn't really need to be as big as it was but i would say the those four games this weekend i, I thought I, my mind was like all oh, the refs uh messed up the cowboys the refs killed the bills and the refs other reason why the refs or the giants only scored seven because of the refs uh, nothing was that
3: yeah, to your point, yeah, I, I got you. Um, let's go over those games and take a look at and see what you think uh as we saw them. Chiefs and Jags, I talked about it, right? If the points were enough or too much, 27-20. Now, obviously, Pat Mahomes getting injured in that game probably affected there as well. But, man, I think if you're a Jags fan, you're happy with what you saw. If you're a Chiefs fan, how are you feeling going into this week, man, based on that game? A little nervous, uh, but at the same
2: time, I mean, uh, Haney went down the field and and scored a touchdown. So I I think that offense, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to have two two or three plays where you're like, wow, I can't believe he just did that. But they have so much weapons on the offense and all that. I think any mediocre quarterback can maybe uh, hang around and and keep them uh, in a game at home, just like they got this game coming up at home. Uh, so I'm not going to put too much into that. I think the greatest was, I mean, that the backdoor cover that the Jags did. I mean, that, that number closed at nine and a half and uh, stayed, Kansas uh, City wins by seven. So that was a big, big, big win for us that the Chiefs did not cover.
3: When you look at the Giants and Eagles game, I think what you saw was why they were so good and barely lost any games this season. Jalen Hurts, um, Nick Sirianni's calling him Michael Jordan and, and what he was able to do. That offensive line, again, it's why I keep saying my plan with the Saints. Don't worry about your QB, right now. Build your line. One sack, 268 yards rushing. It's pretty incredible what they did there. That was a dismantling. Huh? Did that fuel a lot of maybe monies getting put on Philly for this week? Uh yeah,
2: I, that one comedy probably puzzled me the most. I thought the Giants would be able to hang around, but they just couldn't run the ball. I mean, I know they had over 100 yards, but the, most of that was kind of junk uh yardage at the end of the game and Daniel Jones looked just too overwhelmed uh in, in that game. So, I I was rooting for Philly, but after that Calebly hurts to Michael Jordan, now I'm bet ba- now I'm fading Philly. I want them to lose and lose badly cuz you don't name the greatest athlete of all time uh, God, Jalen Hurts to that. That's just a horrible, horrible analogy. But they, they looked really tough, uh, uh, what, what, the other day uh, against the Giants. 38 to 7. I'm just happy because I, I was able to switch over to sound on UFC 283 because I would have missed some really good, uh, fights on sound. Uh, because I get to shut that game up quick, quickly.
3: The popular topic today on all the ESPN talk shows, including right now on the Max Kellerman TV show. Is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the NFL? Twenty six uh 23 of 36, 242, two TDs. That guy, you would have never been able to tell that was in the snow, that was in the cold. He looked so calm the entire game, that opening drive, everything, man. He's um th- That Bengals team looks like they're playing the best football in the NFL.
2: I mean, when you're not being pressured and you have all the time in the world, yeah, you're the best quarterback. Uh, But when he struggles and that offensive line struggles and he's scrambling, we don't hear that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So yesterday's game, he looked like he was the greatest quarterback to ever play the game because he had so much time in a pocket. It could have been snowing. It could have been raining. He could have been playing in hurricane idle force winds uh, With all that time in the pocket. He would have destroyed any team, not just Buffalo, but any team yesterday. Well, it's all about his protection.
3: What does it say then that they didn't have three other offensive linemen? Oh, well, he
2: was moving around a lot yesterday, and he was right. getting the ball out quick. So, uh, like I said, they still weren't able to run the ball, and I think that's going to be their uh, maybe their Achilles' heel the next two games if they advance. Uh, and uh, they need they need to run the ball uh, at least a le- at least show that you can run the ball.
3: I'm watching also right now. They talk about Pat Mahomes' high ankle sprain. Will the NFL outlaw tackling the quarterback in case they land on his ankle next year? I'm surprised they
2: haven't. Postpone that game to give Patrick Mahomes another week uh to prepare for that game. I'm I'm just waiting for my ticker to get the L. O. cert that the Kansas City Chiefs game is postponed a week because Patrick Mahomes is only eighty percent. Uh They want him a four hundred. So I'm waiting for that text to
3: come through. Jerry Jones says Mike McCarthy's seat is not hot. Um, still believes in Dak Prescott. They go down nineteen to twelve yesterday. Do, now he says that. Do you think after a night? Or two, do you think he maybe privately calls Sean or does, does Jerry follow on what he's saying? McCarthy's good. Cause I, the only time I bring it up is the, the time management issues again that you saw yesterday with the team.
2: I, I could see this, but if Sean had any thinking about Dallas, then why is he going for his fourth interview uh, with Arizona? So I've always told people, even last year, if Sean's going to, I don't think Sean wants anything to do uh, with the upper management and the craziness uh, of Dallas. That's why. I, that's why. He, that's why I don't think he ever was going to Dallas. He he wants to do the shopping, go to the store, do the cooking, and do the dishes at the same time. <laughs> he's not going to do that at Dallas. So uh, I, I don't see. Even if he calls, uh, he's just calling to say, "Ha ha ha! You lost. Uh, you're stuck with Mike McCarthy." I still you be, you know me. I've been saying he was going to Arizona this whole time.
3: You, I, I don't see that, man. I really honestly, especially when you see how many people that they've interviewed there as well, do you still think Arizona's the, the, the destination there? I, I think the more I see it, Houston, I could see Carolina being an interesting one all above the cards, man. I just don't see the cards. Uh, I, I think it's
2: between uh, Carolina and the cards. I, I don't think Houston uh, has anything uh, that's beneficial for him. That's a total, total, total rebuild if he goes to Houston. At least Carolina has some defensive key guys, and they have some draft pickies, and and, and Arizona same thing, but uh, Houston, I think that's a big, big, big total. And would you really want to compete with Dallas uh, as being the best? I mean, at least Arizona has nothing. Arizona has the Phoenix Suns that they're trying to sell. You got the Diamondbacks that can't win a baseball game. You got the Coyotes playing in a high school gym. All right.
3: I just, is it wrong that part of me kind of does want them to go to Carolina? Mean, the storylines are just being. Oh yeah, the storylines would be hilarious, <laughs> and it would be
2: fantastic if Carolina wins the Super Bowl before the oh. for the second one. Oh, I would pee, I would pee all over the, the place. Be Stop so funny. it!
3: Should be that happy about it. Um Do you think Brock Purdy can can do it again? I mean, he's basically just being asked to not mess it up here. They're only two and a half point underdogs. At Philly, KC, by the way, one-point underdog, uh, um I mean, favorite. Philly's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. But when you look at Purdy and, and what he did, you know, yesterday, man, it, it's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty incredible. You know, 19, I mean, look, he didn't throw a lot of passes or completions, 19 of 29, 214. I think the important thing is this, zero picks, zero picks. Yeah,
2: while well, you're walking the, the the fearless dog that likes human flesh uh, after you get off the air today, walk over to the Saints facility and say, hey, call San Francisco. Call to see what they want for Trey Lance, Jimmy G, because Brock Purdy is your week one starting quarterback next year. I mean, he is just Thanks, rolling. Bro. And if he doesn't win it, they could probably trade Brock Purdy somewhere and get a whole bunch of assets. So uh while, while you're walking a your dog while he's looking for human flesh to chew yeah. on, mm-hmm. walk over to the same facility and say make a phone call to San Fran.
3: What do you make of the reports yesterday morning on all the talk shows, you know, the pregame shows, that Jimmy G could possibly be ready for the championship game if not for sure the Super Bowl that the 49ers make it? Do you dare go to Jimmy G?
2: No, there's no way you're gonna pull Brock Purdy uh, for Jimmy G uh, to win a Super Bowl. I, I think the team will probably be upset, especially Kittle and Debo. I mean, Kittle and Debo—they have nothing but high praise for Brock. Saying he, he's so calm, he he throws a pick or he does something wrong, he just his face expressions do not change. He reminds me a lot of Joe Burrow. I mean, both of them have same face expressions. Bad or good, and they just wipe it off, and they, and they look ahead for the next play. Uh, there's no way they pull Brad Purdy in the Super Bowl for Jimmy, even though I would love Jimmy G uh, to win a Super Bowl and then come here on Bourbon Street, meet him, rock it hard on Bourbon. But well, you got no a place,
3: way. you got a place right there. Yep. <sighs> Anything happened in the world of Fisticuffs over the weekend?
2: Some good fights in 283. A lot of retirements on, on UFC 283. So it was it was very interesting fights. Uh, the Brandon Moreno. Uh, the only, uh, two-time Mexican UFC champ now gets his belt back. So, uh, he fought, uh, De Marino for his fourth time. So, uh, he wins on that one. So I thought that was very entertaining, but it was, I was glad UFC 280 was on because the Giants Eagle game was so, so bad. I was glad UFC, and so it was great hockey that night too.
3: Okay. All right. Rafael Espires at VSI Doc Sports. The way to give a follow over on Twitter. We'll talk again on Friday. A little bit closer and see if those lines move at all on the title games. Again, when you look at them, not, not big margins of victory, so we'll see what happens. Thank you, buddy. New prophet,
2: where the Panthers have a Super Bowl win before the Saints. That's a new prophet up there. That's
3: all the time we have for Rafael. That's it. <laughs> Take it easy. Bye. <laughs> there he goes. Um, 800-998-1003 we'll be back when we return you'll hear from head coach Willie Green his thoughts on the team losing yesterday the team had a light light practice today will we see Brandon Ingram this week He's got to get into a 5-5 five and five in practice and things that age I'll try to update you as much as I can when we come back on ESP New Orleans
1: I had to leave my parents I had to move schools I don't know anyone here. Everything keeps changing.
2: Why is this happening to me? I'm sure glad you're here.
1: Advocate for an abused or neglected child
4: in your community. There's a child in foster care waiting for a CASA volunteer like you. Find a program near you at LouisianaCASA.org. Sponsored by Louisiana CASA.
2: g Jay Will and Max. Our very own Alan Yates has never had soup. Mike Tannenbaum. Okay. What is your favorite kind of soup? Oh, matzo ball soup. Matzo matzo ball is number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like matzo ball soup, I don't know if it's my number one, but it's good. Mike right. Reese, ESPN, Patriots, reporter.
4: Chicken noodle yeah. soup, guys. Chicken Chicken, noodle chicken soup. noodles, my vote. With That's a soda number. on the side, Mike? No soda.
3: Dan Graziano, ESPN, NFL Insider. Text the Sports Center producers and tell them I gotta cancel this segment I got coming up, cause this is more important. We gotta lock in on this soup thing. Your favorite uh, soup? And, uh clam chowder. Tom Kress, Nikki, 953 FM in Tampa Bay. What is your favorite soup?
5: My favorite soup is tomato bisque, guys. I love it.
3: Paul Feinbaum of The Paul Feinbaum Show. What's your favorite soup, Paul? Tomato rice. Our very own Alan Yates have never had soup. I think it's weird, Paul. You know what I mean? Wish my
4: mother was around, she would have fixed him some matzo ball soup. That's right. G, J, and Max. Mornings on
0: ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.
4: Talker, ain't you? The man that likes to
2: talk. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Cattingill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com.
3: Vincent, hook pass deflected by Nance. Steel Larry, front court, righty punch. Turnover number 17
4: for the Heat. And it couldn't have come at a better time. Hell's back up by three, seventy to 67.
3: Oh, uh, last night was, uh, yesterday afternoon was a tough one. As the Pels go down by 4, 100 to 96. Another game that don't reach the 100 mark, by the way. Kinda gives you an idea that the offense really could use Brandon Ingram and Zion's return here in the short term. There were some, uh, some bright spots, obviously, yesterday. Look, CJ McCullum at 13. You could see he was just a little bit tired. I mean, the best way, the best highlight to describe, if you didn't watch that game, what am I talking about? Fourth quarter. 91 after this ball. Rebound back tap by Dyson to CJ. Left of the top three. Deep and down for McCollum. He has not scored a field goal since the six twenty-four mark of the second quarter. That's a long time between buckets. Trey Murphy finished with 17. Problem is he had 14 at halftime. Six players did reach double figures. But efficiency is something that Todd has been saying the last couple of games here as well. Same thing with, like, Jose Alvarado. He went one for eight yesterday. Three points. When you don't have 40 points between Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, others have got to make it up. There's only so much others can do. And that's part of it. But yesterday, Todd was saying in the broadcast, broadcast, the game... Probably was determined in the first half. So I went back and I, Todd has been saying, look, the last two minutes of the second quarter determined it. Folks, the Pelicans committed five straight turnovers to end the first half. They had a 16 point lead go to six. The, Heat finished with 18 points in the quarter, thanks to a 10-0 run to end the second quarter. 16 point lead to six. If they don't dribble it off their feet, throw it out of bounds, throw it into the stands. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm not kidding you. Like these were the five turnovers. They would have held Miami essentially down to eight, maybe 10 points in the quarter. Now a problem is you only scored 15, but they were dominating that much. Here's head coach Willie Green after the game about those final few minutes and how it. it I mean, it affected the game. There's no other way to
5: look at it. Here's Coach Green. Once again, you got to play for 48. We, our guys know we have to play for 48 minutes. Um, we were kind of carving them up on both ends of the floor, and then we finished the second quarter last four three or four minutes, and we had six turnovers. That gave them life, and from then on, now it's a uphill battle, and this is not a team that you want to give life to.
3: So I'm scrolling the play-by-play. You know, they jot down every bucket and where you are. So at 151 to play, Pelicans have a 16-point lead, Okay. 16 point lead Tyler Hero then hits a 3 It's now a 13 point lead The very next play after the 3 Turnover number 1 Herb Jones bad pass Lowry Steele Oladipo Bucket layup by the way Pelicans pursuing possession CJ McCollum bad pass Butler Steele Butler layup Notice 2 layups after steals. by the way transition Then a foul on Murphy then a turnover after they made free throws because Jimmy Butler, it was an and one. Turnover, C.J. McCollum lost the ball. He <sighs> Next, Tyler Hero dunk. So two layups, an and one, a dunk. These aren't even jump shots they're forcing the Heat to make. Then another turnover by the Pals. Dyson Daniels traveling. Next, C.J. McCullum loses the ball. End of the period. 47-41, Pell still owned the lead, but again, a 16-point lead to six in one minute and 24 seconds. It's baffling. And it's just the problem is when you don't have your star players, you have to play darn near perfect. You just can't overcome that. Gus, they had the lead. They did. You just heard Willie Green, though. Gave them life. The Pels played an unbelievable first half. Sands the last minute, twenty-four. And I'm going there because that one turnover shouldn't cascade into five more. I mean, coach said six in the last three, but okay, so you had a turnover. Finished the half. How it, it, it's hard to even. Well, what happened? Well, I don't know. I mean, the your star player dribbles it off his foot. Your star player throws a cross-court pass into the waiting hands of a Miami Heat. I mean, C.J. McCollum at four, right? Oh, three of those five final turnovers in a minute 24. <laughs> it's not funny. It's just, man. So, I, I think it's fatigue. And you can just... You're trying to squeeze as much of you can of these role players right now. Let me tell you what else hurts you. Not having Najee Marshall last two games. That guy was averaging close to 20 points a game. He's a rebounder. He's one of your better passes on the team here as well, and that's part of the problem. A lot, I was saying this this morning on the podcast with the Pels is it's easy to look at Zion and go, hey, you're missing his point production. You forget he was point Zion, essentially right, before he was leaving. He would take over. When teams had a run and the Pels commit a turnover or two on ensuing possessions or concurring possessions, you could always depend on number one, right? Remember the, the grass infamous, in case of emergency, break glass. Call Zion. I mean, that's, that's gone. And when C.J. McCullum's at his best, as we've seen this year, there's a lot of times when those ball handling duties aren't given to him and he can catch and shoot, get open, do those things. Doesn't require nearly as much effort on those legs. Things that that's gone. Well, Naji's kind of picked that up and helped a bit in passing, rebounding, different things. He's out. He's been out. So, I mean, it. There, it just it's hard right now to beat good teams or really any team in the NBA if you don't have your players. And they're not healthy, and they're being taxed. The problem is, when you look at this team right now, you're not getting help this week. At least by the schedule to an extent. You have two back-to-backs this week alone. You have another one next week. You're closing out the rest of this month with three back-to-backs. You got Denver and Minnesota Tuesday-Wednesday. You're home against Washington Saturday, get on a flight, and after your night game, you play Milwaukee on Sunday night. At least it's a night game, and not a 2.30 Sunday game. Hopefully you'll see Brandon Ingram. He returned to, quote-unquote, practice in Miami on Saturday. It was a light practice, but he did do a practice. Things that you would do at practice. So let's see what he does today and see if he can go at some point in his homestand, whether it's tomorrow or Wednesday. Like, do you go with him today with the back-to-back on Wednesday? Do you wait for Wednesday to get him in? That way he has two days to see how he feels with the toe from playing on Thursday and Friday and get ready for another set of back-to-back. But I do think you'll see that light at the end of the tunnel here. Once he gets back, gets acclimated, gets back into shape, starts knocking down some shots. That's a guy that will alleviate a lot of that. Again, right now you need Trey Murphy to score. Right now you need Najee Marshall to score. You need Alvarado to go better than one of eight in 23 minutes. Right now Devontae Graham needs to provide you offense. You know, hey, all these guys, you need them to do things. I take difference when you actually have those other two guys in there. So it's frustrating. Four straight losses now. Nine uh, nine of their last twelve have been losses. That's why I said when when he went out, twenty two games to go. If if you can reach the All Star break six or higher, I'll take it because I knew it was going to be difficult. But Coach Green yesterday said they released some things out of this losing streak. That are keeping him in a positive mindset.
5: We're doing a lot of good. Um, When I go back and watch the games, besides Miami, you know, we're controlling the game pretty much the whole game, and it comes down to the fourth quarter and making plays on both ends of the floor. Offensively, it's simple for us we got to take care of the basketball. We take care of the basketball, we come down, and we get really good looks. Our opportunity to, to win those games will be higher. When we have 25 turnovers and teams are scoring. 25 28 points you know we're just giving them extra possessions and, and that's adding fuel to the fire yeah
3: no doubt coach green also trying to stay positive i think a lot in the mindset to help his players or anything I'm,
5: i mean i'm proud of our guys uh the fight that they had tonight um the guys competed they played at a high level executed at a high level on both ends of the floor Game plan discipline was was on point. We just we, we came up short, and a lot of it, Jen, to your point, is we just had to take care of the basketball.
3: No doubt. And again, as I play this, you know, I, I'm sure there's probably a, a listener or a fan going, "Oh, enough with the positivity, guys!" First off, that's his. He, he's got to keep his team from getting down, and he is right. It is a positive. It's unfortunate and it's frustrating that you're. Leading a good amount of these games after the third quarter and can't close. But you are at least still leading. You're not getting smoke from the get-go. But I go back to after the game on Friday in a loss to Orlando. And Trey Murphy talked about in that game what Coach Willie Green talked about. There's no defense. They did play defense yesterday. Much better. But he also mentioned, look, it's, it's just reality. When you don't have two players that can provide a large portion of your offense, it's tough.
2: I mean, it's not an excuse, but obviously it is. I mean, having your full roster makes it a little bit easier because, you know, you're playing your rotations. You don't have to, I mean, there's a lot of
3: guys that are stepping up. Like I said, we have a next man up, uh, next man up mentality, but, you know, it's always nice to have. Two all stars in the rotation. I mean, just bottom line of it, that's you're missing about 40 points on a very low night. Like you're at least getting 40 from those two. So, and then the other thing too that Coach Green touched on is I, I do. This was the very first thing he said in his post game presser yesterday. Very first thing. Jenna was like, Coach, tough loss. What did you think?
5: I'm, I mean, I'm proud of our guys. uh The fight that they had tonight. Um the Guys competed. They played at a high level. Executed at a high level on both ends of the floor. Game plan discipline was was on point. We just we we came up short, and a lot of it, Jen, to your point, is we just have to take care of the basketball.
3: And then he added one of the things about um, the fact that he thinks, despite it being a loss, it's something that the team did positive moving forward.
5: Tonight was as uh, it, tough as this loss is and was and feels it's a big difference between when we played Miami at home and tonight and guys were locked in Um, our game plan discipline was at a high level we just came up short and that happens Uh, we'll get back home and you know have a practice and get ready to get after it again 800-998-1003
3: 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. We'll step aside. When we come back, the professor will join us here again. We'll take your phone calls. And a trade has taken place in the NBA. Oops. Have made a move. I'll tell you about that when we come back. It's a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Lakeview Massage and Therapy is a must for recovery, getting rid of pesky pain, or to simply relax. It's part of Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic and Wellness, so this isn't a neon sign place. They have specialists performing work geared specifically to you. Rejuvenate with a 60, 90, or 120-minute session of Himalayan salt stone, injury and recovery, lymphatic detox, pre- and postnatal, post-mastectomy movement, traditional therapeutic massages, and ashiatsu. I've had that. You want to try it. Trust me. LakeviewMassageandTherapy.com for info where recovery meets relaxation.
1: We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is weight bias. I'm worried about your weight. Don't you care what other people think? Millions who live and are affected by obesity face weight bias every day.
4: You're not the right fit for this job.
1: Unfair judgment by others. Just stop eating so much and exercise some. You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me.
3: I do exercise and eat right.
1: And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to StopWeightBias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition.
3: Ray Malliotz are here for eBay Motors. So you ordered a new air filter for your car. You try to install it, but it doesn't fit. So you take a little bit off the sides. What well, still doesn't fit? Well, you could try to sit on it. <sighs> or get it right the first time with eBay Motors guaranteed fit. When you see the check, you know that part's going to fit. Air filters, brakes, headlights, over 122 million parts. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. How can we
2: be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports? That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau.
3: There has been a trade, Mr. Professor. Your Los Angeles Lakers have made a trade uh, on the heels of a 25-point comeback win yesterday. Anyway, um, Saru Hachimura For Kendrick Nunn from the Wizards. So Hachimor going to the Lakers from the Wizards. And also L.A. sending the 2023 second-round pick via trade with Chicago um, that they've gotten from them. The 2029 L.A. second and less than favorable of the 2028 Washington L.A. seconds. So there you go. Sachemora over to the Lakers for a little help over there, Mister Professor. Sounds like a championship move to you?
0: It sounds like a move. I don't know if it's a championship move <laughs> uh, for the Lakers with the way that LeBron has been playing and yeah. the the team is. I mean, he's not. He doesn't have that much longer. Uh, so it just you, you got to make moves now to at least try to make a move to get into at least the play in. Uh, because the last I checked and I need to check again for right. the Lakers, because they, you know, I said at the beginning of the season that the Lakers were probably going to be on the outside looking in. I didn't see him as a playoff team because it was LeBron and the pips and, uh, their record shows at 22 and 25. Uh, they are like 11 games out. Uh, well, there was a game out of actually being in the playoffs. Uh, they are way behind everybody else, though. Uh And Golden State looks to be doing a lot better. So if you're the Lakers, you're trying to at least fight your way into the playoffs. I think they can jump the Thunder and uh, make it to at least the ten seed. And if you're the ten seed, uh, you at least have an opportunity. So they're trying to make their way up, and that's what this trade is doing.
3: Thursday, February 9th. Thursday, February 9th is the NBA trade deadline. So that is the... Day that uh we will be keeping an eye on, see if the Pels make any moves or anything. Based off of what's going on right now, is it making you think more or less about making a move if you're the New Orleans Pelicans based off of now a current four-game losing streak? And having lost nine of your last 12, or are you just sitting going, I'll be fine when my guys come in? Or can you bank on that?
0: You got to get healthy. Uh, I, anybody that they trade for or try to get right now would be a short-term rental, just somebody to help out while they while these players mend, so that they can at least try to stay in the top four, five, even six in the Western Conference and not have to do the whole play-in deal. So it's, it would just be somebody to come in and help out for right now until they get everybody back. Uh, so I don't, if it were me, I'd just stay pat because you're just waiting for your guys to get healthy because we know what this roster can do. We've right. seen, uh, we really haven't seen the Pelicans because we haven't seen them constitute for a large part of the season constituted the way that everybody thought they would be at the beginning of the season. So I just stay pat. I wouldn't really worry about a trade right now. All
3: right. I want to pass that along to everybody, uh, since it just took place here. Now, uh, the question of the day, Mr. Professor. I didn't call you comrade this time. I was about to say.
0: I, I, we're missing a little something. Where's the comrade at? Uh Question of the day, uh, according to Albert Breer, uh, that the NFL is considering moving the conference championship games to neutral site games. Do you agree with this? Yes or no? And overwhelmingly, surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. overwhelmingly on the Twitter page, it is a big Fat stinking no, I do not agree. Ninety four percent. Thank you.
3: Thank say you. No,
0: this this is ridiculous. ridiculous. With it only six percent, probably like one vote. Yeah. And it wasn't me, I promise. Are you sure? I was gonna ask you actually, like, is that you voting? No. No, I did not vote. But only like I think it was only one vote, maybe. Uh say <laughs> yes. I love it. So overwhelmingly, uh-huh.
3: Mr. Joe Public, Yes,
0: everybody agrees with you. Thank you. I'm a man they, for the people.
3: I, am. No, I speak on ridiculous. behalf of the people. Yes. If you're already asking me $50 to park so my windows don't get bashed in, you're asking me to pay $18 for a Miller Lite. You're asking me to give you another 20 for some nachos and a dome dog. If you're asking me to do all of that, then I choose to still do all of that. Then give me the benefit of being able to boo or celebrate a championship game. Like I, and you've, we've, unfortunately, been able to feel both, right? Yeah. The Rams game, I remember watching just zombies walking out of that stadium, just, I mean, just glares on, the, on their faces, just what, what, what just happened? I mean, there. Yeah, no, I know. I, I still, it, I, I to this day, I, I remember sitting in the seat I was in and just staring at the field. Cause I mean, I am a New Orleanian, you know? And, and I just, I remember staring at the field and going, that's it. Like, that's it. That, that was the last, that's the closest Drew and them are going to get. Like, that was it. That, that was a Super Bowl caliber team. That was it. Like, it just it it hits you on a couple different levels, not just you know, professor, that you're not going to the Super Bowl. I mean, there's always disappointment when your team doesn't go on to that next level and do that. But even like when my Cubs went to the World Series and won, you know, Chris Bryant and I mean, they were young. Like I I thought that you know they'd be in that mix, like Graff's Dodgers. You know, I mean, they cheat their way into the end of you know the the um the National League. Championship game, most of the years, like you feel like there's going to be a run, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just I remember staring, going, "That's it," like that, that's it, you know. And then it, it starts dawning on you, well, what is it going to be like moving forward, man? I mean, I who's going to be the quarterback? How many more years do you run this back? You know, and all those things. And here we are in 2023, thinking the same thing to that point, right? At some point. You're gonna to have to reset this franchise in the direction of a new quarterback, of a new coach, and all this stuff. And 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 this is where we are. But you know, four or five years ago, when we saw that play, we went, "There it is." I mean, I I just I remember. I just I stared. I like mean, I didn't get up for like seven eight minutes. You know, I just I just, just watched.
0: You just numb, man. It's kind of like last year. I wasn't there, of course, but uh I was home watching that game between the Chiefs. And the Bills and watching how that game ended and just being comatose for days. It wasn't even just like that moment. It was just, it stuck with me for a while. And it took me a while to even, I I didn't want to watch any ESPN. I didn't uh, want to live TV TV radio. I didn't want any, I was a a complete media blackout. I didn't want to have anything to do with any of that stuff for a while. It took me a while to just get back to the point where I wanted to even hear anybody talk about sports or football. Like it's just, it really sticks with you. So I, I, I I see what it's, it's tough, man. Especially when you feel like you got hosed, when you feel like you got hosed and you feel like you were done wrong, it, it doesn't leave you. It leaves a like, it just leaves a gigantic hole in your heart when that kind of stuff happens. So it's just, and especially when you think that it's time to move on or do something different as a franchise and do something like this season for the Saints. I know what I, I, I see where you and Saints fans and folks who follow the franchise are feeling like, why aren't they doing anything different? We had a comment on the Twitter page. Uh, uh, somebody said, are you really surprised? And they were talking, they were pointing at you. Are you really surprised with Mickey Loomis sticking with D- Dennis Allen? He stuck with how many. Hornets slash Pelicans coaches after subpar seasons. And as a fan of sports in a town, when you see that kind of trend where you think that something different should be happening, you think that some changes should be made and they don't get made, it's hard for you to, you know, it's difficult to kind of back a franchise. You know, you love your team, you love your franchise, but it's difficult to back a franchise that won't make those changes. That doesn't look like they're trying to do anything different or better or move forward. Uh, and it's, it's, it's gotta be difficult as a fan, man. So my heart goes out to Saints fans. My heart goes out to you, Joe Public. Joe Public. Or, I am
3: here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the public and it's all about the kids. It's a family friend. <laughs> pre- <laughs> it's, it's what I do. It's what I try to oh, do. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Um, We do have news. Head Coach Willie Green is now speaking. And, again, we were waiting to get any kind of updates and latest and just try to get these reinforcements in, man. I don't know how else to really look at it. Um, So Head Coach Willie Green saying Brandon Ingram went through a full five-on-five practice today. They are hopeful that he will play in this homestand. So he stopped short of saying tomorrow. Members are back-to-back. My guess is if he's not going tomorrow, you probably wanted to go – my guess is you want to see him go through practice today. See how he wakes up tomorrow morning. Yeah. Right? And if he feels good, maybe tomorrow. But if he's fine, go through pregame warm-ups, maybe dress him out, kind of get him feeling like he's about to play, and then you, you go Wednesday. Um If he went through a practice today, doesn't experience any pain or soreness or anything from that nature in that toe, and he doesn't go to tomorrow, Wednesday. I can't see he doesn't go Friday or Saturday. So I do think you see Brandon Ingram this week.
0: I think Well, I don't, it, me just being, I wouldn't put him out there against the Nuggets. Well, I, I wouldn't put him uh, out Uh,
3: Coach Green also saying Najee Marshall went through half of practice. They'll no wait and see there. Zion is set to get imaging this week. They will know more once they get the imaging results. Remember this Wednesday would be three weeks. So let's see what happens. That's the professor when we come back. We'll take your phone calls as the sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans.